Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I'm joined, of course, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And he is in Pennsylvania. I'm here in the state of South Dakota. And today is current events. Monday, almost a Wednesday. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I do know why. In the pre-show, we were talking about what we're doing this week. And guess what's coming back on Wednesday, everybody. That's right. You've waited for two months, and it's finally here. Our literature episode is back. We're really excited for this. On Wednesday, we are going to be breaking down the first three one, two, three, three chapters of The Magician's Nephew uh, from the Chronicles of Narnia. So we're super, super excited about that, kicking off a new series and actually getting back to our literature episodes. We've missed them so much. We hope you have too. <laughs> uh, but I know I need the extra accountability sometimes when life is so busy to uh, kind of give me the kick in the pants and be like, hey, uh, read your book. That is, I had some time. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, so... Yeah, today we've got we've got a lot to talk about. There are some crazy climate issues, and I mean uh, more like um, climate ideas and ideas about how we're ruining things. We're, we're actually not uh, in the ways that they claim, but uh, in so many other ways, we very much are. Um, but yeah, a lot of climate craziness that's going on today, the insanity uh, of a lot of those people who are pushing those things and what's actually behind the scenes and what's actually being stolen from people. So we've got a lot there to break down, a lot to discuss and talk about. And then I have a quick theological wrap up at the end, hopefully quick. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'd like to talk about how good politicians are a side effect of a Christianized society. So we've got a lot to pack into today's episode, a lot to discuss. Jake's put together a ton of research. So Jake, thanks for that. Really appreciate it. Um, yep. And uh, we've got a lot to break down. But before we delve too deeply into the current events of this week, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And our verse this week is Psalm 119 verses 97 through 98. So two verses. This passage says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. And again, that's Psalm 119, verses 97 and 98. So this passage is an excellent reminder to us from um, the psalmist that the law of God is not something to despise. It's not something we run from. It's not something we uh, think grace has done away entirely with the law. And so just rip out those parts of the Bibles and throw them away uh, or part of the Bible. It's not that at all. It's something that we should love. You know, the psalmist says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. It's something we should be spending our entire day studying. We should be so immersed in this, that this is constantly on our minds. It helps us um, instructing us in so many different things, how to love the people around us, how to care about them, how to work for their good, how to store away your money, how to structure your family, how to build entire societies. The law of God is literally all wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of his law and the understanding of his law brings understanding and wisdom with it. And so today we're going to be discussing the results of 
what's happened when people have thrown that law away. But at the end of today's episode, I want to talk about a little bit about what happens when we don't throw away that law. So with that, um, Jake, I'll pass it over to you to, to kind of kick off our, our current events today. What do we got? What do we got going on this week? Should I be depressed, happy, sad? What's happening? Um, so this is, in a sense, I guess Bruce and I have uh, uh, swapped roles, in a sense. Uh, I'm going to be giving the bad news. Bruce will be giving the good news. <laughs> or not the good news, but uh, an optimistic thing. Uh, so let me start out about talking about John Kerry. Uh, for those who don't know, John Kerry is a significant contributor to the World Economic Forum. And to be honest, an all-around climate change crazy person. Um, and he was recently talking at a climate summit on May 10th. Um, and he was speaking at the summit. And while speaking at the summit is not a crazy thing for him to do, What's crazy is what he talked about. That's always that's always the uh, the thing that's that's great. Uh, but and I'll I'll pull a quote from the actual article. Uh, all articles are in the description, but this is a quote from John Kerry himself uh, from the summit, which he said, "We can't get to net zero. We don't get this job done unless agriculture is front and center as part of this solution." So all of us understand here the depth of this mission. What is this mission? What What is he talking about here? Uh, first of all, let me break this down from the beginning. What he's talking about getting to net zero, he's talking about the climate, right? He's talking about carbon emissions. He's talking about all that. And he's saying that we don't get to that net zero in which everybody's going for nowadays um, unless we solve the the agriculture unless we get the job done in agriculture and what does that mean uh, now this whole very ominous sounding very it is it is and especially even when you read through all of it it's still very ominous um now this whole talk and speech was very as as bruce and i were just saying nebulous or ominous as to how they intend to fix agriculture but from what I heard, John Kerry in a video clip, it would seem that he wants the entire sector of agriculture shut down. Um, he doesn't just want solutions, or at least these solutions are crazy, in which you'll shut down multiple of the agriculture, agricultural sector, but... Uh, this is <laughs> very much drastic, and I have to ask, this is crazy, but do they hate people, right? Because this is... This <laughs> uh, do they hate people? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This is a main part of my job, is not agriculture, but my job is dependent on agriculture. My job is dependent on food and getting supplies and being able yeah. to take what they, these raw ingredients that they give me and turning it into something. So if they get rid of that, there's nothing to eat. What do we eat? Because agriculture is not just, um, is not just, uh, cows and meat, it's vegetables and it's plants. 
So not only are you getting rid of, if you get rid of agriculture, you're getting rid of everything. So yeah, that that's why I come out with this question. And I'm like, <laughs> they just want people to starve. They just want people to go away. Because I do know that that is a goal. Uh, Agenda 2030s kind of states that they want um, all of the people to move into large urban centers and all the area around to just be wildlife because they want the yeah, earth to I go back to being, yeah, yeah, I think that's to be controlled by um, all around. What is that? Because it's so much easier to control people when they're, you know, in, in one, one area. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, exactly. It's a lot smarter that way. That's the efficient mm-hmm. method. Right. Right. Um, and it, at least their innocent and benign reason, their given reason is that the animals seem to take care of the earth better than humans do. Ah, false. Which is very funny. That's funny. Uh, yeah. Wow. And through this, I have to also ask, do they not want private owners to have control? Because what he's talking about here is, I'm assuming, right, this is a big assumption because I don't know. I'm I'm assuming at least John Kerry has some logic in him uh, to say that we can't get rid of the entire agricultural sector. I think when he talks about solutions, he might bring up something like farmers have to do this or this or this to reduce their carbon emissions, right? And so what does that mean? That means they have to buy all these, these new environmental um, machinery. They have to buy all these machines and stuff to do these certain things to reduce the carbon emissions. Uh, do these special things with the cows so their farts uh, go less <laughs> up into the air or something. I don't know. Right. But, um, yep. but yeah, so they have to do all this other stuff, meaning they're putting these farmers, at a, a lot of farmers out of business because they can't buy all this stuff. Yeah. They can't, they can't buy all that. But moving on, I spent too much time, and I know Bruce is itching to get to his thing, um, so I'm going to have to go quickly through the rest no, of this. But um, Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have to say, I said, do they hate us? And I have to also point out, who do I mean when I say they? And I am not entirely sure... But I know, I don't know exactly who the they are or how many people we could actually quantify into they. But I just want to let everybody know that the Republican Party is certainly not separate from this they. I consider the Republican Party part of the they in yeah. this. Um, and now South Dakota being one of the biggest red state well not one of the biggest but a very red state as bruce can attest to is now having problems with a company called summit carbon solutions Mm. and this summit and my first thought you know reading through your notes looking at what you were describing it's like you know i was literally just talking about this a couple days ago um (laughs) it's one of the reasons why i want to move out of south dakota is you know initially on the surface it looks grand it looks great it's this red state that's 
got a lot of semi-decent policies. It's fairly red, right? So it seems like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. They kind of got their act together. But then you dig yeah. a little deeper. You look beneath the surface. You start looking at Christy Nome. You start looking at lots of other yeah. people in the governmental, the civil, civil governmental structure of South Dakota, and you realize it's kind of the opposite, unfortunately. These people have been coasting on the fumes of their freedom for so long that they've forgotten completely where it comes from. And the worst part is that the churches are completely falling away. I mean, mm-hmm. South Dakota, I give it 10 years before it's like Pennsylvania, spiritually dead. The churches yeah. here are are not strong at all. They're very weak, very weak churches, unfortunately. And I've been to more churches than I can count in this state, and I've seen the same exact thing. It's really unfortunate. You just see so many um, milk-of-the-word churches that aren't giving their people, their congregation, any meat. Their congregations are not growing spiritually. Their children are going to government schools. Even the homeschooled ones aren't understanding what it means to work for the kingdom of God. And unfortunately, the huge majority of all the churches here are premillennial dispensational Baptist churches. And so you get a lot, a lot of those lackluster milk of the word Christians. And so as the church goes, so goes the culture. And so I'm, I'm not at all surprised, unfortunately, that's why I'm moving, to hear what Jake's about to, to explain and share mm-hmm. with, with what's going on in South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is a problem across the United States as a whole because of something called eminent domain and how it's being used. Now, I do not agree with eminent domain. I do not agree with the po- the the power that the government has um, to to just take land from from private land own, landowners, so they can just take. What, for whatever reason, as long as and and this is this is how companies are able to use this as well, as long as they can prove to to the government that the thing that they are doing that the company is doing is a commodity and therefore something that is for the good of society, uh, for example, roads, train tracks, parking spaces that for good of the entire society, they can use eminent eminent domain. To just take it, take wow. land. Uh, they do, in a sense, sell the land. Um, the farmers are able to sell the land, and the eminent domain buys it. And whoever's taking it through eminent domain buys it, but it's at a very low price. They can't. They can't do. They can't sell it in a sense where they market it up, and they can just. Uh, they can get someone else to buy it for a higher price than 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 what the farmers bought it for. It doesn't yeah. give them as much as they would if they were just selling it through a realty company or whatever. Um, wow. And now, what is it? What is it that they're doing with it? What are they? They're they're buying these plots of land. They're buying these things from these farmers. What are they? What are they doing with this land? And I have said a lot of. That they're doing something right. They're they're keep buying the they're buying more and more and more in land. But what are they doing? So let me relieve that tension of your your wonderment as to what's what's happening uh, by telling you what what they're actually doing. Now, S S C S or the Summit Carbon Solutions. I'm just going to abbreviate it to make it easier for me to say it. Um, 
is creating pipelines to carry carbon emissions from from Iowa to the top of North Dakota, hmm. uh, to which they will send the carbon into the ground. Uh, so for this wow. project, they need a whole lot of land to make this work. They yeah. need a stretch of land from Iowa into South Dakota, then into uh, North Dakota. <laughs> and the reason I'm focusing on South Dakota is because this is where the fight is right now. That's what's going on right now. Iowa and North Dakota have kind of already lost this fight. They already have pipelines going all over in those two states. Wow. Um, but the fight may, may still be happening in those states. But here comes the biggest issue with this. Private landowners are now having to sell their land to this company because they are using eminent domain to seize their land from these farmers. Some good news. Then I come in with some bad a little bit later, but some good news is a <laughs> bill. <laughs> right, right. A bill was brought to the to the South Dakota's House of Representatives, which would prevent the SCS from using eminent domain to take the land. But while the bill was passed in the House, it did not go through the Senate. That which means the SCS can continue its land grabbing from all these private owners. Wow! And this leads me to my last little bit, my theological warm up. <laughs> so I wanted to call it a theological warm up because Bruce is a Bruce has his theological wrap up. So I <laughs> so my warm up is slowly warming <laughs> you into the wrap up. So. <laughs> I, I, like I think I, I think I like that. If people like that, let me know. Uh, <laughs> I might keep it. Uh, so, and I titled this, The Enemy is Not Our Friend. For too long, Christians look at the Republican Party as being the better of the two parties. And they see, they, they in a sense say the Republican Party is the lesser of two evils. Of course, I know at this point, a lot of Republicans don't believe that they're choosing loss of two evils. They think that the, the, the Republican Party is amazing. Um, and I say this because Christy Noem has been silent on this issue. And this red state of South Dakota still does not know why America was free for so many years in its infancy. South Dakota may be red, but there's no clue why. It was free. The, the Republican Party pushes for freedom, or at least it used to. But they don't know what that freedom is. They, in a sense, are creating chronological snobbery, as I heard from my little brother Wesley earlier. Um, that they, they just go back to the old because it was old. Not understanding yeah. why that worked. Hmm. Matthew 13, sorry, I like that. Yeah. Um, Matthew 12, 30 says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Hmm. We cannot be friends with the enemy. I'm not saying that we cannot be nice to people who are not Christian. I'm saying that we do not side with the Republican Party because they are the grand old party. And I specifically highlight the old in that <laughs> yeah the enemy and it and that is anyone who disagrees with biblical law 
hates you. They do not want to be friends, and you shouldn't be friends. We need to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Be friendly to these people. Be friendly, right? We know throughout the Bible that we are supposed to be loving to even our enemies. But be wise and innocent. And with that, I'll go to Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good warning, Jake. Yeah, this is a very uh, solemn episode because I think so many of these things are preliminary. So many of these things people are glossing over and thinking, oh, they don't really matter that much. We've been fighting this fight for years, right? But it's heating up. The boil is almost there. It's, 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 a, it's almost to a rolling boil now. We're starting to get steam off the top here. This is, this is serious and it's not going away. Um, and now it's coming close to home. Now, as Jake was showing, what's, what's happening in the UN is here. It's at the heart of America now. It's in the Midwest, which everyone believed would be the last place to be affected by this rot. Well, that's true. It is the last place to be affected by the rot. But now it's being affected. Everywhere else is, is done. So now they're moving inward. They got the coasts. Now they're going for the heart. So th this, I think, is going to be more important than ever. Good politicians, and by extension, a good society, is a side effect. They're a, a side effect of a Christianized society. Psalm 70, 72 verses 1 through 5 says, and this is speaking of Solomon, Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor, of the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. Righteousness, justice, prosperity, and deliverance are all from God. They come from God. Righteous conviction, which is what our politicians need desperately today, and real love and care for the poor comes from God. A peace-filled society and truly free world comes from God. Democrats, socialists, communists, big R Republicans, and conservatives all claim they strive for these things. Lots of them are just giving lip service to it, but most actually do want to see those things brought back to our country. They make laws, they write books, and they invent all sorts of ideologies to try and attain this goal. They try everything, prag uh, pragmatically hoping to find a solution and to find an end to all their troubles. Everything from building roadways across the country to help deliver food more efficiently, also creating uh, free, quote-unquote, healthcare systems to, quote-unquote, open care to more people, uh, or initiating welfare programs to help those out of work, and thousands of similar socialistic endeavors. Everything except, of course, the one thing that would actually work. In doing this, though, all of these things, they have deceived themselves. In refusing to acknowledge their creator and instead worshiping the creature, their minds have been darkened. Romans 1, 28 through 31 says, 
And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossipers, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Those same people who were initially looking for peace, justice, and the care of the poor have become, to quote the great Obi-Wan Kenobi, the very thing they swore to destroy. They've brought ruin and horror to a once great nation. They've slaughtered millions of innocent babies. They've twisted and corrupted every American institution that was once created for good. And why? Why did they do this? What caused all of this ruin and destruction? What brought our nation to the point where we are indistinguishable from C.S. Lewis's Charn, which is the cold, lifeless homeworld of the witch? Man's law. Man's law brought us to ruin. Man's law destroyed us. Man's law murders millions of innocent children and calls it freedom and love. Man's law kills. But here's the cool thing. God's law is glorious. Psalm 119, 97 through 98 says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. Psalm 19, 7 through 11 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Only from God's law can we find true justice? Only through his rules and framework can we possibly learn how to judge between people or structure a nation or structure our finances <laughs> or care for our neighbors or respect our parents or establish our families. This is how we get good politicians, Christian or, or otherwise. When people turn to the Bible, the whole Bible, and realize that it is the only source of true freedom and justice, the result of returning to books like Deuteronomy, Numbers, Exodus, and their commentaries in the New Covenant will cause a tidal wave of real freedom, just as it did in the days of our founding fathers. So, if you're dissatisfied with the politicians selected for you to vote for, talk to your pastor. If he's not preaching on the perfect and glorious law of the living God, ask him why. And if the situation won't improve, I mean this because I've done this. It's time to find a new church, a church and community where the law of God is preached, where the law is respected and where the law of God is lived out every day by the people around you. If we don't do that, there's no hope. If we don't wake up and turn and say, you know what? 
these people, these pastors are not preaching the whole counsel of God. They're preaching the milk and not the meat, and they're bringing this country down with them. Then, then we're doing nothing. We need to pray for our churches. We need to talk to our pastors. We need to find better churches if they won't change. This is dire. The, the moment has never been more dire. And it's only going to get worse. Things like this will keep happening. And pretty soon, before you know it, an entire state will be used for these glorious pipelines. This is really serious. And I hope and I pray that people listening understand the gravity of this situation too. Um, understand what these Milk of the Word churches are actually doing to our country. And if not, you can send your emails to trdshow at protonmail.com because we'd love to chat with you about that. Anything you want to add, Jake, before we wrap up? You're doing what I'm doing with the uh, movie quotes. <laughs> no, slip that in there. Took an Obi Wan Kenobi quote. <laughs> yes, I tried. Thank you. <laughs> Took inspiration from your uh, your your outline last week, <laughs> yeah. two weeks ago. Yes. Well, thank you all so so much for watching or listening to us today. Our show website is trdshow.net. Go to trdshow.net/episodes to watch all of our episodes for free. Send us an email trdshow at protonmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Thank you again so much for watching or listening, and we will see you on Wednesday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.